Absolute Rally, powered by the Kielder Works team. Cordless tools tailored for the world of motorsport. Hello everyone, welcome to Absolute Rally, episode 5, season 21. Happy Hump Podcast, as they say. Uh, thanks for thanks for all the shares, thanks for all the downloads recently. It has been duly noted, and uh, yeah, thank you. I can't say thank you enough. And of course, the guys at Kielder as well for continuing to support. Anyway, as ever, we try to shake things up. We try to do things a little bit different. So there's no Trevor Agnew this week. There's no uh, Jack Bennion this week. There's no, I can't even remember his name. What's his name? Ryan Champion. Yeah, Ryan Champion. They, they, they're all they're all AWOL this week. They will all be back next week. But at the top of the podcast with me this week um, is, is British Rally Champion Matt Edwards. Hello, Matt. Hello, mate. How are you doing? I'm all right. Did I get this wrong? Right. Are you are you a double champion? Yes, you are. I said that last I, week. I, I, I could actually say I got three now because of uh, I won the group N in sixteen. Yeah, before I started in the R five. So I've got three championships or some scripts and I'll do. Okay, that'll do. All right, fine. <laughs> I, you know, I said it the other week, and I was talking to Trev, and I went, "Have I got that right?" And I kind of questioned myself. Anyway, there you go. So, uh, so, so anyway, Matt's with us at the top of the programme. There's a damn good reason why Matt's at the top of the programme, uh, other than the fact that we've not had them on for ages, of course, is that uh, inadvertently Matt was out on Rally Estonia, um, a bit like us, in a completely different role to what he's doing on this podcast this week. He was over this, over on the, what we call the silly seat, I guess. So um, it's well documented, Matt, but you ended up doing a, uh, an about turn and on a flight and going out to Rally Estonia. So tell us a little bit about that before we even get into the event. Yeah, well, um, I was actually co-driving for Nabila Tezpar on um, Alto Tomega Rally in Portugal in the Peugeot and Rory Bell and Darren Garrard, who obviously I do a lot of work with, um, certainly over the last couple of years, um, we're doing it in uh, Fiesta. Um, unfortunately, they had a brake failure on stage two and plowed into a very badly positioned um, ambulance and fire engine in a box junction. Uh, Darren injured his elbow, his arm in the crash and all of a sudden Rory was without a co-driver for the very next week in Estonia. So being as though I've you know done quite a few events co-driving now, to be honest, and I've always read his well, quite often read his notes on test stages that we've done in over the last couple of years. It was kind of a, a familiar voice to to go into that rally with and sort of minimise the disruption. And obviously, I was my bag was already packed with co-driving duty material, um, <laughs> so came home, emptied a drawer into my bag that was already full. Uh, went back to Rory's house and basically less than twelve hours after arriving home, after Portugal was back on the way to Estonia. Wow. Wow, um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, I was just about to. I, you know what? I was genuinely just about to say the juries of being a co-driver. And I've just realised it's not really. You're not really a co-driver, but in 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 some ways, <laughs> you, you, you are at the moment. I guess obviously the way the world's being turned yeah. upside down for all of us, you've got to turn your hand to anything. But um, uh, all in all, we'll we'll talk about the event. Let's just talk about Rory's performance. I think probably first and foremost, um, it looked. Uh, it looked an incredibly tricky event. You know, the footage, uh, you know, we all know that the footage, especially the WRC roundup programs, are, are, tend to be obviously focused at the very top end. Um, yeah. And I was looking at the second pass ruts for those guys. Um, yeah. And I genuinely, I, I genuinely took a moment when I was thinking, I'm going to talk to Matt tomorrow about this, of just thinking what it must have been like in an R2. So, um, yeah, I mean, Rory. You know, for for the relative inexperience he's got uh, of these rallies, um, to go there of all places after the week he'd had 
um, in Portugal, you know, a complete brake failure. You know, that, it, there's a substantial number of people I would imagine would have just said, right, that's me done. Because, yeah. you know, that would have been a horrific experience. But, you know, we quite quickly said, look, none of what happened was his error. Um, quite a lot with it shouldn't have happened the way it did. Uh, and we were, you know, quickly able to refocus on Estonia and say, look, you know, just, just get back in the car and, and go and drive it. Um, and that's why we sort of said, well, I'll, I or not didn't volunteer myself, but it was quite an obvious solution, really, uh, to keep as many things known to him as we could. Um, but the way he just got on with it, you know, to say it didn't affect him probably might not be true, but you know, how quickly we got back into it, you know, new co-driver on top of all that, you know, it's, it's fairly incredible that, you know, he was, he was able to get there and just get the job done as, as well as we did. And as you say, conditions were tricky, really tricky rally with the, the high speed crests with corners, you know, very Finland like, very sort of Latvia like, obviously that country's in the middle of them. So it's no surprise, but the, the nature of the road is very bumpy in the ruts. And, you know, it was a, it was a real physical battering for me, you know, over the jumps and some of the, some of the impacts you have were, were horrific. You know, if, if that had been a UK event, there'd have been absolute uproar. Yeah. You know, there's no doubt it's the worst thing I've ever seen on a, on a rally stage, put it that way. Um, so, you know, the performance was exactly what we set out to do. Um, you know, no, we didn't give ourselves any, any scares over any jumps or anything like that, which is exactly what we'd aimed for. And, so that there was no further setback to confidence that he may have had. Um, so all in all, it was a really positive weekend. I was just thought, you know, one thing I think Trev and I spoke about it a couple of weeks ago, of course, is um, uh, again, I can't speak from being in a little art to myself at times, but uh, obviously not on these stages. But the, the rut that got created, of course, by by a world car and of course by the R5 cars are, are, are probably about a foot wider than what a little R2 will be so yeah. while you're riding in the rut you're kind of either running on the rut on one side or the other and it does make a really uh, interesting and being polite a very different experience in trying to control the rally car should we say yeah yeah well what you what you actually find is the three ruts there's like a, on the left hander for example you've got the inside left wheel you've got the outside right wheel rut and then that twins with the, the rear left so you've got like a diagonal set of lines there then you've got the rear right wheel so you've actually got three three ruts around a lot of the sort of medium to slow speed corners. And what you find is when you turn in, the back wheel grabs one, the front two wheels grab the others, and it, it does almost power slide you around the corner, but without any drive from the back wheel. So it's a bit of a, it sort of crabs around a lot of the, the slow speed corners. There isn't two ruts to just stick it in and drive it around. Because uh, obviously the attitude, the before the drive cars come in is, you know, it's sliding on the corner facing the way it's going rather than just turning in, if you like. Um, so that was, it's it's tricky to find that. Um, sometimes you find yourself really struggling to carry speed around them, but um, it, it's, you know, those are the sorts of things that you have to get used to on World Championship events. A pleasant surprise to see just how many uh, the JWRC boys were out, to be honest with you. I had a big concern, and, and again, because of Trev's background and, and, and everything else with regards to funding drivers and finding funding and stuff like that. I, I you know, I had a, a concern about privateers um, taking on these events, just, you know, whether they get it through, you know, private finance or their own finance or whatever. But, 
you know, it's still a massive undertaking in a world of uncertainty at the moment. Yeah, well, you know, Rory's certainly not, you know, got got it easy in terms of funding. You know, it's a it's a big battle for for him, but we're just trying to maximise what he has got by doing the events that we can we can do um, within budget and and just increase the experience. I mean, the, the rally before Estonia that we did in Portugal was more of a just get back into some sort of rallying before he goes over there. You know, because to, to not do anything for five six months. And then go to a world event is is a massive undertaking, like you say. And you know the the cost to go and do it means you've got to you've got to maximise that opportunity when you get there. And you know to finish fourth in that you know quality field. Okay, there's a, there was a time gap, but it was it was just like a second a K. Uh, and it's certainly having sat in that car at the weekend, you cannot underestimate the pace of the the top guys in that field and you know we've had a, a look at an onboard from Shakedown with Ken Tall and it's one little slide on a corner that costs you a second yeah. when you back to back it or a lift over a crest and with a corner that bit of uncertainty punishes you but to be sat in that car you, you know with uh, I unfortunately didn't have any time to, to look up and judge whether he was losing time anywhere that you could identify and improve but you know, when you sat there, you think, "Bloody hell, I've nothing left here." Yeah. And we're going—you know—we were going at some pace, and to get to the end, it's like, "Yeah, that felt good." Jesus Christ, where's the second of gone? But you can see it—it's it, these guys are absolutely on the limit. So it's the JWRC is a fantastic place for for people that think they're going to go somewhere or want to go somewhere to go and see how they get on, because you know any of your weaknesses will be found out. There's yeah. absolutely no doubt. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna trust you here, Matt, because Trev and I did our predictions last week, um, and my predictions for the rally, uh, I'm not gonna gloat. Uh, Tanak, Tanak was the winner. I had Ogier as second, and Elvin as third. Ironically, and Trev went with Robin Pere, Tanak, and Ogier. <laughs> now, Matt, I'm gonna trust you because I know you well enough, right? <laughs> who would your retrospect? Who would you have picked before the rally? Who would your top three with it? Who would they would have been? Uh, Tamak, Elvin, and I'd have probably gone Breen, to be honest. Okay. Because I know he likes those, you know, Sweden, Finland. He's obviously gone very well on in the past, so I would I would have backed him, and I'd have you know definitely backed Elvin with his his pace this year, and Tamak on home soil. I think that would have been my sort of fairly logical. There you go. You, you, you've, 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 you've qualified it, Matt. That'll do. That'll do. Um, <laughs> so we are going to talk a little bit more, uh, folks, later on with Gus Greensmith, of course, who was out in the third. Um, I know he said focus then. Jesus, uh, going back in time in the third Fiesta WRC. But Matt, just um, coming back to present day, obviously your driving is somewhat curtailed at the moment of, of how the world is and stuff. So what's Matt's world looking like at the moment with regards to being back in a rally car, <laughs> be it in the passenger seat or indeed the driver's seat? Um, driver's seat's definitely not through choice on hold. Um, I've been trying to get various deals together to try and do something. I mean, I'd love to do Ypres, but um, the, the funding, the budget to go and do anything really is is, is non-existent. Um, trying to put, you know, start again, looking to next year at the moment. But, um, you know, fortunately, I'm, I'm still able to get out and, I mean, obviously, it's more business than, than 
pleasure, although obviously I enjoy being in a rally car at all. So, you know, fortunate to be going to Portugal again with the Villa to do a couple of events uh, beginning of October and then maybe COVID restrictions permitting back to Barbados to do King of the Hill and Rally Barbados co-driving with Paul Horton, who I went out there with a couple of weeks ago to do a rally sprint and continue his sort of transition from a front-wheel drive car to, to an R5. So, fortunately, the business side of it has, has picked up you know, as soon as it was able to, you know, as soon as rallying started happening around the world, and you know, the business has, has got going again. But you know, unfortunately, in the UK, there's there's absolutely nothing. And let's face it, the only reason the the Greystoke event with Emsport happened was because Emsport owned the Forest, and they are a massive stakeholder in UK rallying. And like a lot of us, are, are really keen to to get things going. So you know, yeah. You know, doesn't doesn't look like there's anything else on the cards in the UK, certainly forestry wise, or before the end of the year, so just okay. lucky that there's, there's there's foreign, you know, overseas work that I've got to to look forward to. I was just about to say, obviously, that the, the coaching side is is still very much open as well, of course, because people are taking up. I've never seen so many people doing different test days. To be honest, <laughs> it's, it's, there seems yeah. to be stuff happening yeah. all over with regards to test days. So obviously, if you are going to do a test, it's probably worth taking somebody with you, like yourself. I've done it. You know, there's, there's no there's no harm and there's no shame in having somebody take a look at take a look at your drive. And I think it at whatever level, you know, Tiger Woods has a golf coach. Um, yeah, he's also got nice, an, nice, nice, yeah. yeah, he's, he's <laughs> also got a fantastic divorce lawyer. So um, that might be. I think some... I've got both of them as well. So. <laughs> I wasn't even going to mention um, so yeah so there you go so, so yeah you know, back to the driving um, obviously you're easy driving enough to, range or driving dri- yeah driving well I know you've been playing a lot of golf recently as well for a yeah. so but back to the driving obviously if you if you are going to go and do a test day folks and you are listening no matter where you are in the world it seems at the moment you can you can get Matt Edwards so <laughs> Seek him out. Bags Seek him out. <laughs> it, well, it sounds like it is. It sounds like he can be ready within five hours. So get it, get yeah. hold of him and, and, and get him in the car. So there you go. Listen, yeah. mate. Um, uh, thank you for joining us at the top as well. By the way, no um, wish our best to Darren. Uh, and wish him a speedy yeah, recovery. And uh, maybe we'll catch up. Obviously, when you come back from your Portuguese tour. Yeah, no problem. All right, listen. Matt, thanks for joining us, mate. We'll catch you up soon, folks. We'll be back after this break. This is Absolute Rally. Whether it's the pressures of service or an issue out on the stages, it's vital to have the right equipment to hand. Kielder cordless tools are tailored for the world of motorsport and are being used throughout all forms of competition. Go back to the future with the Kielder Works team. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. And as mentioned, right at the top, right at the top of the list was always going to be Gus Greensmith. Welcome him back to Absolute Rally. Hello, Gus. Hello. It's been quite a while. It's been, well, with all what's going on in the world, it feels like the last time I spoke to you, technically you would have been a fetus. That's how long ago it was. It feels like about <laughs> 10, 15 years ago. Um, it felt like a long time, but it doesn't feel quite that long for me. I think I've done a bit of growing up, but maybe not that much. It, it, it does. You, you've, you've done more than grown up. You've just been telling me you bought a house. That's the most grown up thing anybody can do. So well yeah, done. Yeah, I know it's a, it's a bit, bit, bit of a shock. I've got, uh, I've got, I've got bills to pay, and, uh, <laughs> and I've got to do some adulting now. It's not uh, adulting. I like that term. 
Yeah, yeah, not adultering though. Let's not go. No, that far. no, no. Don't get, don't, don't. <laughs> yeah, don't, don't get into that. Don't get. Trust me, you don't want to go there. But there you go. Uh, you, you are well and safe, which is the main thing, Gus. Indeed, yeah. It's been a a very strange, uh, strange summer. Uh, but uh, yeah, we're here now, and it's kind of back to a little bit of normality with the uh, with the rallying. Yeah. So we we had obviously rally Estonia last weekend where. I don't know. It it was a weird one because I had this conversation with a couple of people with regards to how everyone was going to do beforehand, both on the podcast and off the podcast, to be honest with you, because people do tend to message me as well. And I didn't know how it was going to feel for you guys with regards to how much seat time you got, how much testing you got and everything else, because we don't always know when you guys are getting out in cars. But um, I know from your point of view, certainly you were pretty much out of a rally car for five months, give or take. Yeah, we obviously with with coronavirus stopping rallying in the UK, that's a that's a big hit for for M Sport, and uh, obviously a lot of the budget comes from from Malcolm himself. So uh, cuts had to be had to be made, and obviously testing is a is a pretty obvious way to make some cuts. So we knew. That there was going to be very little testing, and uh, we we were trying to get basically a day and a half of testing in before the rally at Greystoke, but we had some technical issues, so we basically did uh, 200 kilometres of of, um, of testing uh, in well, what was the equivalent to five to six months when the other guys have been driving uh, cars pretty much every weekend almost uh, for the past two months. So I think before the weekend, I had a lot of conversations with. Uh, with with Rich and uh, what that we just need to be realistic and just focus on getting some mileage under the belt and uh, just concentrating on our, our own thing because I knew um, from the out from from what it looks like from the outside it was never going to be a, a good a good rally uh, but we just had to be realistic uh, get the mileage and uh, and then just improve through the weekend. I was just going to say, how do you square that circle in your head when you know you want to be competitive? How do you kind of how 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 do you quantify that? Because we we all know what it's like to drive a rally to, to to kind of fail. We don't, but some of us do. But how how does somebody like Gus square that circle in his head? Oh, well, for for me, it was maybe a little bit different for for S. Pecker and Timu because obviously the season for me had pretty much gone as as poorly as I could have imagined. So there's no there's no hiding or denying that. And uh, for me, I felt like maybe from even if the pace isn't good in Estonia, uh, which obviously. It wasn't uh, even when I'd got up to some a decent speed and, and kind of been there around my teammates. Um, we knew it wasn't going to be a good weekend, but for me it was important just to have a clean weekend. And obviously we had some some difficulties, and I still had a, a spin during the weekend. Um, but uh, that was for for more things struggling with uh, the setup of the uh, of the car because we didn't have a test. And uh, I think when Pecker proved it in the uh, in the shakedown, when when the car, when the cars everyone's comfortable, the cars cars very quick. But without the seat time, I think we were we were all just struggling a little bit. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Now we we spoke, as I said at the beginning, with 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 Matt, and we we all seen the footage and you know the fantastic WRC live and stuff. But um, I don't remember seeing ruts like that for quite some time. <laughs> I think no, it's no, fair they to were. Say. Uh, Usually, well, usually when it gets rough and rutted, uh, I tend to do a bit better. Um, but I think um, we were we saw that when we basically entered the ruts, that's where we seemed to be losing the most time as a team. And then I think the power stage made that um, clear, uh, and it's something that we can work on. But 
there's uh, there's so many good um, and clever, brilliant engineers at M Sport that I'm sure it's something that we can we can sort out pretty quickly. Yeah, it's it, it, you know the, 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 I suppose the fact of the matter is is that you have got that that dialogue, and of course you know you, your teammates had pretty much. You know the the, the same the, the same level of weekend, I suppose, when you kind of do a comparison. And I guess the first thing you'd always do is compare yourself to your teammates, and uh, you, you you kind of got where you thought you were going to be, I guess, in the end. Yeah, I think um, we knew that it was going to be tougher to get in, and probably to be honest, it was probably tougher than I thought. I think first straight away, we were about eight, eight, nine tenths of kilometer off my teammates, and then by the end of the day, we were we were beating them on some stages, and then all or very close on others. So we made good progress through the day, but obviously at this level, you have that kind of day. You've you you've, you're not even a part of the rally almost. By the time you lose, by the time you get up to the speed, you've lost so much time. But uh, we knew that was probably good, what was going to happen before we went into the weekend. So I just had to keep had my head. Uh, straight and just think about um, making improvements because I know uh, going into Turkey that's a, that's a very good rally for me and uh, obviously the car was good there last year uh, so I just needed to make sure that mileage was better than trying to to um, to make up for something that we probably wouldn't be able to do realistically this weekend. Well the other thing is well Gus of course which you know and this is something that happens during the rally and it's about you know managing things and I'm sure this is something which you get more and more used to as well you very quickly get to a point where you don't very quickly get to a point maybe you do in these shorter events but throughout a rally you will get to a point where there's a big enough gap behind you and there's too big a gap in front of you so there's actually nothing to be gained by doing doing anything stupid and just maximizing that seat time yeah and i think we we said at the beginning of the weekend there's no point just sitting pretty and just driving around and finishing we had to be making progress so we made progress in terms of the driving, made some big steps on the uh, on the Saturday, but then on the Sunday on the new stages, uh, we decided to try a few new things uh, with the car, which didn't necessarily work, but it was it was things tried and lesson learned and experience gained. So for that reason, it was uh, it was quite good. Um, Turkey, as you say, is up next for you guys as well, and you know, is the is there anything that you can take? Because we know historically Turkey's been a very, very rough event as well. Is there any comparisons? Because, you know, Matt was talking before about, you know, um, you know, Latvia and Finland, obviously it's smack bang in the middle and it's, it's kind of smack bang in the middle of the way the surfaces are as well. Is there anything you can take from Estonia into Turkey, do you think? Uh, not particularly, no. We know that the, that the, the Fiesta is good on Turkish um, gravel, especially the, uh, the rough sections, but no, I don't really think there's anything we can take uh, forward heading into um, to Turkey. Maybe there's one stage which goes through the windmills on the the last stage of the of the loop on the Saturday. We could maybe make some setup set tweaks similar to Estonia, uh, but obviously we've uh, we had a, a long debrief after Estonia with some ideas anyway that we're probably going to want to try for the faster stages to see if we've made an improvement from Estonia. Um, uh, it's uh, you know we've we, we know what's going on in the world right now. It's a very much reduced WRC season. The events now, are you scheduled now to complete what is left of the season or is it back to, are you picking and choosing now what's going to happen? Because obviously everybody's been affected by this in their own ways. What's your schedule now? Uh, so from before, I was always into do Estonia, um, Turkey and Sardinia and, uh, and Germany as well. But obviously Germany is uh, no longer on the calendar. Uh, Ypres is still a, a question mark uh, it depends how the rest of the season goes and uh, what kind of results we're having. But uh, Ypres is the, uh, the question mark at the moment. Okay, and that's the one. That's the one I'd be really excited about as well. 
<laughs> I, I think Ypres in a Ypres in a I think is it an October date? I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. Or November date. November. Uh, that's going to that's going to be pretty disgusting uh, in terms of the cuts and the mud. So yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty interesting rally to uh, cap off the season. You're definitely going to be want to be first on the road. Well, do you know what? We we've had this debate. Um, over the last few weeks, we had Craig on with us, Craig Breen, the other week, and I think he was very polite in my 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 assumptions. And Ryan Champion absolutely shot me down in flames uh, <laughs> because I had this exact same point where I was saying we're going to get a very very different Ypres to what we're all going to you know we're all used to, and you know everybody always talks about these massive cuts, you know, full car widths and stuff like that. Are we going to be in the realms of everybody taking you know full cuts and things like that? Now, Ryan's response was. If one car's done it, everyone's going to do it because it's the fastest line. Uh, no, I, I disagree. I think it's they're not doing it because it's the fastest line. The fastest lines always keep four wheels on the tarmac. The reason they're doing it is because they want to bring the mud and the shit out on the road for uh, for the cars behind. Uh, because even even in Germany and in summer, from what I experienced last year, the difference between first on the road and being eighth or ninth on the road is massive. Uh, and couple that with some with some dodgy weather and some some very muddy uh, cuts uh, that's going to cause a big problem for drivers behind so maybe the dri- get driver first on the road won't need to take any cuts and just make the most of the uh, of the of the clean road uh, but for sure the, as it goes down the order that is going to get that is going to be one hell of a dirty road <laughs> oh dear there you go there you go was there ever a time during that period that we've just been talking about Gus where we didn't know what was going to happen where you you allowed yourself to even think do you know what we might just need to start planning for for 21 now because this 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 could be this could be all over in in any way shape or form for everybody, let alone myself. Yeah, well, it's obviously a huge financial hit for all the for all the manufacturers. Uh, obviously, they're going to relook at how, especially with uh, with smaller demand uh, with well, reduced demand is. Uh, is X amount of millions spent on a on a um, what's effectively a marketing stunt uh, worth it? Uh, so obviously everyone was considering that. It doesn't seem to be that way uh, f- from the amount that Toyota and Hyundai are testing. That's a I think that's a pretty good indication they're going to be around for a while. Uh, but yeah, we were all thinking should it just be focused on starting again in in 21? Uh, I'm glad it hasn't. I'm glad it has restarted. Uh, because uh, I need to get some rallies under the belt if everyone else is testing, so I'm I'm pretty pretty happy with how it's how it's worked out. But I think putting rallies in for rally's sake is uh, is not the way to go at yeah. the moment, anyway. Well, it is a reduced season, and obviously we're still we're still up in the air. Everyone still still seems to be changing almost on a daily basis. Certainly in the UK, I can only imagine it's going to be the same in in other parts of the world as well. And as I say, reduced season. Um, <sighs> What does uh, have you even allowed yourself to to flirt with the idea of what possibly Gus could be doing in twenty one? Uh, to be fair, obviously I've had a lot of time to think in the summer, but uh, the only thing I was thinking was I need to drive better than I had done at that uh, had done at that point up to the season. So uh, <laughs> my uh, my only uh, my only thoughts were how could I improve on uh, for the rest of the year? Uh, and I think we've made some good steps forward and bringing a, a few people back into the. Uh, into the fray, uh, we're doing some work outside of that, probably towards the end of the year, uh, just to make uh, just to make sure I've got every opportunity I can to be driving as best as I can. Uh, but uh, Turkey's a rally I know very well. Uh, I've had a pretty pretty good result there last year, um, so I just need to be uh, need to be focusing on putting in a good strong result there uh, this coming week, or not this weekend, the the following. Yeah, uh, and most important thing is 
is the hair still blonde? The hair is still blonde, and it's it's not going uh, it's not going back. Short, <laughs> but it's it's definitely staying blonde. <laughs> I won't ask you. Did your hair for you? Uh, I can tell you, it's uh, it's the girlfriend, and uh, she's uh, she's saving me money on going to the hairdresser. So uh, especially when you're not on furlough, uh, it's a good way to save a bit of cash. <laughs> Mate, I don't even have that problem anymore. I'm very envious. Trust me, I'm very envious. Well, I'm, no. ke- I'm keeping a close eye on the the, uh, the thickness of my hair. And I'm doing okay up tonight, so I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not too worried for this moment. Good lad. I, uh, my excuse was, if you look at mine, I did have a lot of rolls very early on in my life, so there was definitely some impacts on the top of my head, and that's clearly what happens. Your head starts yeah, trying I- to grow, grow out of your hair. Yeah, I, I just got streaks of grey hair uh, from uh, from Monaco, so uh, it's not I've not lost it. It's just turned grey. So, <laughs> all right, mate. Listen, it's been great to speak, and uh, it, it's it's just been way too long, and it shouldn't be that long again in future. But um, we'll have a catch up before the end of the season, Gus, and stay well, stay well, stay still healthy, and uh, good luck on Rally Turkey. Thank you very much. This is Absolute Rally. Ireland's leading commercial note supplier, Killian Duffy, has joined forces with 2016 British Rally champion Craig Parry to form On The Pace Note UK. For more information, visit the website onthepacenote.co.uk. Welcome back to the next section of Absolute Rally. And uh, somebody who probably has got a massive complex due to the fact that her husband's been on with us several times. Her brother's been on with us several times, but we've never had her on. And I'm embarrassed to actually admit it. And I apologize in advance. Riangel Semino, welcome to Absolute Rally for the first time. Thank you. It's exciting to be here. But both Alex and Brenda have raved about being on the show, so I'm very excited. <laughs> well, you know, and I'm not going to be an after time here, so let's 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 put things in. Congratulations on your win with Travis. But before I let you come in, I asked you about doing this before you before you won with Travis. So I don't want anybody to think I'm being an after time and getting you know just because you won with Travis. Yes, you did. I'll vouch for you. Thanks, <laughs> mate. True. I really, really appreciate that. No, listen, massive congratulations, obviously, uh, with your win last weekend. Oh, well, it'll be two weekends ago now as, as the people hear this. Um, was that something that's been kind of building for you to, to, to actually go and get an outright win like that? Yeah, obviously, I've been racing here in America since 2013, and I've been on the podium quite a few times, but I've never been in an overall outright car before until, um, you know, I jumped in with Travis. So to have a win over here was something I really wanted to achieve, and Travis and I worked extremely hard to get that win for Subaru because it was important in the championship right now. So to finally take a win over here where I've been racing for quite a few years now was, was a real achievement. I didn't, well, you know what, I did realise, but you know, at the passing of time, the older you get, you just kind of forget how many years things have passed. I'd forgot how long you've been around. And I mean that <laughs> in the greatest of respect, but you've earned your stripes. You know, this isn't something that, that, that is suddenly you've just been plonked. You've, you've more than earned your stripes. I, I had a cheeky look. EWRC is the best website in the world let's be honest when it comes to finding stuff out and i didn't realize the amount of people you sat with you know and i'm talking proper pilots as well your brother can pedal a bit it's fair to say 
<laughs> yeah, we've actually done 82 rallies together throughout the years, which I think is pretty amazing for wow. a brother and sister combination from tiny little country town in Victoria. Um, so, yeah, Brendo and I have won a lot of rallies together. We've obviously done a lot of WRCs in the juniors. And, in all, I mean, yeah, I might be biased, it's my brother, but, you know, both the years we did the Junior World Championship, the first year Craig Breen won, the second year Alfin Evans won, and I truly believe in the second year that Brendo was, you know, right there and we only did six rallies that year. So it's been one of those things where we've rallied, I have rallied throughout the world. A lot of it's been with my brother, who's obviously an extremely talented driver. Um, but also I've, it, all up I've sat with, I think it's something like 26 drivers now and, um, EWRC is missing a few of my things, but that's just the way it is. Um, but yeah, so, and I, I can't even count how many different countries I've raced in now. I think it's like 20 or something crazy. Wow. Wow. I, I, I you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things. Who, who went first? Who, so who, who was in a rally car first, you or Brando? Oh, that's actually a good question. So, I'm actually the oldest of four children. Brenda is the baby, um, so I'm eight that years older sense. than... That makes sense. Brenda, if you're listening, that makes 100% sense. I'm also the youngest in my family, so I get it. Don't worry. It's okay. Go on. So, so I'm eight years older than him, so um, I was a PE teacher. I was playing netball. I was loving my life. Didn't even think about rallying, to be honest with you. And when I was 24 years old, Brenda was only 17, and Dad said to me, hey, your brother's going to be a really good rally driver. Um I think you should learn to be a co-driver. And he knew how hard I worked and committed and I was really good at all types of sport. And I said to dad, I get car sick, you know, and dad was like, well, you need to learn to grow out of car sickness sort of thing. So Brendo and I actually started very similar time, but he actually started with my dad's co-driver because Brendo was only 17. And I started with my other brother, Nathan, who rallies as well, but he's only two years younger than me. So just to, so that we both were getting experience with other people before Brendo turned 18 and, and the idea would be for us to then start rallying together. So we both did a, started similar time. Um, obviously I was older though, and then we both did, you know, about half a year to a year um, separate from each other. And then as soon as he turned 18, about two weeks later, that's when we jumped in the car together. And, and that was in 2006. So we started working together then. Wow. Because another, another friend of the show that, to be fair, we've not, we've not spoke to her for a little while, but you sat with Molly as well. Yeah, so, so in 20, 2007, I think it was, or 2008, no, 2008, I did a round of the Australian Rally Championship with Molly as well. So, yeah, there's been a few different people I've sat with throughout the years. Obviously, um, Molly went on to do the junior WRC as well as a Pirelli Star driver the same year we did in 2011. Um, and then she went on to win the Australian Rally Championship in 2016. So, um, you know, Molly, Emma Gilmore's been another great name. I did the Asia Pacific Championship within 2009. Um, so both of those women, I believe, you know, have been two of the best female drivers the world has seen in rallying along with Michelle Mouton. So to sit with both of those girls was really great. Um, and I enjoyed working with both of those as well. You know, it's, it's funny you mentioned Asia Pacific and this is something I used to talk about quite a bit. Um, obviously the, the championships massively changed now and, but it used to be such a great proving ground for, you know, it's, it, it's, it's famous for, you know, Mitsubishi, Subaru used to send drivers there and stuff like that. Do you think we're missing something? Do you think that the, the, the jump 
you know, from, from kind of national rallying, if you like to, you know, some people are going straight from national to, to like WRC. It's almost like the, the, there needs to be another couple of rungs. And that to me was such an important rung. Yeah, for me, it was like, so I obviously started rallying, like I said, at the end of 2005. Um, in 2009, this, I'd done the Australian Championship and things leading up to it. In 2009, this opportunity come up for the Asia Pacific. For me, it was a great stepping stone. You know, it was a Subaru factory team. Um, it was working with, you know, people that knew exactly what they were doing as far as engineers. We had a team doctor, all those sort of things. So great stepping stone to the WRC for um, quite an, I guess, a new co-driver in my point in my career um, to then learn so many things as far as, you know, getting out of your comfort zone when you're travelling to places like Japan um, and and working with teams that are still working at that elite level but obviously not to the WRC level. So I do tend to agree, especially for, you know, young drivers or co-drivers coming up, that step from national to WRC is obviously quite a big step. And if you're only used to, you know, racing in your own country and not travelling and, and getting out of that comfort zone, well, you know, to make that step to WRC is quite a large one with no middle ground like the Asia-Pacific really around as much anymore. Was that the moment? For, I always find this really, really interesting when you speak to drivers and co-drivers. The moment where you go, "Okay, this isn't a hobby now. This is this <laughs> this, this, this is this 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 this." There's a moment where there's a game changer, um, and I've seen it with a couple of other people uh, over the last few years. And it's funny when you speak to them. And it, I spoke to a co-driver recently, and it would be un- unfair of me to name them, but he's doing quite well, and he'll probably know because I think he sometimes listens, but. He was a little bit blown away by the fact that he got in a, he went to meet the team for the first time, um, before the events and stuff like that. And they were worried about his seat position and where his footrest was and things like that. And he couldn't get his head around that. He's like, they wanted to change everything for me. He's like, well, yeah, of course. That's, that's, that's kind of the way it should be. That's, that's when you start to deal with professionals as opposed to go and rally with your mates and stuff like that. It is such a, it suddenly becomes such a huge step. Do you, do you have a recollection of when that was for you? Yeah, look, I was actually pretty lucky because in a way our dad had a, a plan <laughs> of what would happen and Brendo was very good. So what that meant was it brought me up to speed very quickly. We had to, as a team, you know, be at the top in Australia from a young age in our career without having, you know, 30 rallies under our belt. So I actually um, got my first paid drive only two and a half years into my career, and that was with um, Mazda Motorsport with Rick Bates in Targa, Tasmania. So Brendo and I had been doing so well, you know, in the Australian Championship and stuff that then Mazda reached out to me and said, hey, we'd like to pay you to sit with Rick Bates for Targa, Tasmania. So only two and a half years into my career, I've already got this paid ride, you know, with a factory team. So for me, that was just mind-blowing. Like, hey, you know, I'm a PE teacher that's taking this time off teaching to go do this hobby I have, but guess what? Maybe this hobby can be career. So, you know, and then after that, the following year, I'm in, I'm with Motor Image, with Emma Gilmore in the Asia Pacific being paid to do that, you know, and these were jobs that I wasn't chasing. They were coming to me. So I really um, can't thank um, my family enough for the position that they put Brendo and I in that actually led to, yeah, Brendo mightn't have had those opportunities like I had as far as being paid at that point in time, but but I was getting those opportunities. So I was quite different to most co-drivers as far as my 
jump to that level happened very quickly. Wow. Wow. When you put it like that, it was two and a half years is nothing, is it? It's, no. You know, <laughs> when it comes to how, uh, you know, how daunting was it? You know, was it one of those moments where you go, I could be out of my depth here. There was, was there a feeling that, you know, I might get found. Listen, I go through life and, be, you know, probably full disclosure and everything I do, I always have this fear I'm going to get found out. I don't know whether it's something from my childhood or whatever, but it's like, are these going to find me out of my brain? I feel like I'm, I'm kind of getting away with this a little bit sometimes. <laughs> I'm not, you know, you might be completely different. I'm using me as an example, but, you know, how, how, did, how did that feel? How did that work for you? I think for me, because I was virtually running our family team, like I was doing all the logistics, I was having to do all of the background work, I was already doing more than most people would have been doing at that point in time. You know, I was a teacher, I had OCD, I was so particular about everything. 2005, I actually won Teacher of the Year for my whole state. So the 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 point of me always working hard and excelling at what I did was always really important for me. So to think I was in this factory drive, for me, it was one of those things that, you know, now I just need to work just as hard as I have been in the family team as far as, you know, um, everything I organised prior to the event, you know what I mean? But also I'm working with someone new that I haven't worked before, so different notes, you know. So I, I really watched a lot of onboards and got my – and back then, you know, that wasn't such a big thing, but, you know, getting my head around Rick's notes, which were completely different to my brother's notes, who uses a 1 to 10 system. Rick was a 1 to 6 system. He said direction first. Brendo says number first. So for me, it's always been about doing my homework and knowing what I'm getting into versus just going there and going, hey, I'm getting paid to do this event. Woohoo, this is great. And then I do a terrible job of it. Yeah. Oh, of course, well, there's this there's pride, isn't there? At the end of the day, because I always liken co drivers to, 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 to goalkeepers in football. And uh, an outfield player can make a mistake and they can get away with it. It can kind of be, it, it's kind of lost in the game. Whereas a goalkeeper makes a mistake and normally it costs a goal and everybody sees it. 100%. Yeah. I think that's actually a really good way to put it when you think about it. And look, you know, the joke is always the driver always crashes on the co-driver side, you know, or, or you know, oh, that happened because of the co-driver. You know, it's, it's one of those things that you get in that car, you're going 100 sometimes 110%, you know, to win a, a stage. And, and if I make a mistake, there's as much, you know, uh, that can happen as if my driver makes a mistake. So I could call a, you know, a wrong call. I could fall off the notes or something, and that causes the biggest crash as the driver making a mistake. So I actually really enjoy that part about rally. I really enjoy that even though my, most people don't think of it this way, in my opinion, the co-driver is – 100% as important as the driver. So I need to check in on time. I need to do everything like that so we don't get penalties. I need to make sure that my timing and precision in the stage is perfect so the driver can drive as fast as they need to be driving. So I actually really enjoy that side of it versus a sport I could be doing where, you know, you're not as important role in that car sort of thing. Yeah. JWRC was um, – was it uh, – I'm, I, you know what, I, I kind of know, I'm going to ask you something I know the answer to, so should I even ask it? <laughs> but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, was it, was it easy the fact that it was with your brother? That's a good question, actually, because for Brenda and I, we travelled around the world doing this, but we didn't have anyone else supporting us, if that makes sense. So, you know, we'd get there and Craig Breen would have his engineer and this person and that person or whatever. Like every other kid that was there, 
had a group of people around him. You know, our family was in Australia having to work in the family business. No one could come with us. No one could be there to, you know, say, you know, send through your times or whatever. It was just us two, you know, the Pirelli Star Driver 2011. We got this huge opportunity and away we went. You know, we had our Bob the Recce car that lived in Belgium. We'd fly to Belgium. <laughs> we'd drive to every rally. It was thousands of kilometres we drove that year. We didn't have any budget to do extra testing. Um, so for us, it was just we had to turn up to those six rallies. We got the opportunity and do whatever we could. And it was really hard. And so the following year, Ken Reese, who obviously had been working with Peta, he'd followed Brendo and I and, and he saw us at the events. And Brendo and I are both social butterflies. So we'd been talking to everyone. And he's, he was like, these kids are talented, but they just have no one around them, you know, to help them. So 2012, we actually, we raised $150,000 for our supporters club. I did auctions. I did bonnet names. I did functions. I did whatever. And our family put in the remaining budget that we needed and we got Ken Reese on board with us. So Ken would come to all the rallies and he would he'd help us with our strategy and our team plan and whatever. And, you know, at the end of the day, yeah, it says we come fourth that year, but the final round we're coming second. And um, unfortunately, we had a problem with our engine and, and we ended fourth. But the reality was we were second that year. And I still believe that Elfin was the only one quicker than us. And I think that Ken being there to support us in that way was a big step forward for us as far as not trying to do everything on our own. We could leave our bags with him and someone would actually, you know, be able to help us and and so Brenda and I were very grateful that Ken would work with us knowing the level of expertise he's had with many other teams. No, absolutely, Ken. Ken's a bit of a, a bit of a legend in his own in his own in his own lunchtime, as they say. But uh, <laughs> but I, I guess you know we all know and we've we've seen it with so many other drivers and you, you've mentioned some that have gone on. Of course, you've mentioned Elfin and, and and Craig, but there's so many others that have gone through the JWRC or Pirelli Star Drive or whatever. And of course, it is that roll of the dice financially for so many people and you know it's 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 a frightening amount of money for, for for anybody to have to find um but there comes a point where i guess you know that you have to say well that's enough's enough and mm. and I, obviously you know we know brendo's more than happy with with, with with his lot at the moment he's got a beautiful baby at the moment he's got the he's got i, I can't pronounce how he calls his datsun i can't think that's zilla am oh, i getting that right yeah. datsilla. <laughs> I, I keep on seeing stuff on social media all the time oh, with that dear. and he's always in such a good place but was it a difficult point for you when you possibly seen that maybe for you to carry on you were going to have to do this more independently yeah that i think that was one of the hardest parts in my career to actually understand that I felt like I could continue because I didn't need that budget behind me, which a driver does. So to know that I can go further possibly than Brendo, um, but he's the one that I'd done a lot of things I'd done because we worked together as a team and, and pushed so hard and we both had goals and aspirations. So, you know, 2013, we both did the Australian Championship together and then we did five rounds of the American, which we won the American two-wheel drive championship together. And then the following year, it was like, you know, we'd really exhausted so much about what what we could do with funds. So, you know, that was when I made the, the decision that I would do the American Championship with um, Nick Roberts in a, in a paid ride here. And, and also I was doing the Australian Championship still that year with Brendo. Um, but obviously anything I did with my brother, unless it was a factory drive with Mazda, which we did, and Hyundai and things like that, 
I wasn't getting paid and, and to make this my full-time job, which I virtually had done since 2010-11, I needed to continue to work with drivers that I could be, you know, being paid to do the, the work I was doing um, and make a, a living out of it. So to make that decision was actually very difficult to move away from, you know, I, I have so much trust and belief in my brother and, and everything that we were working towards to then start working with sometimes drivers that I might be last in the field, you know, but I'm helping them, I'm training them, I'm getting paid to do it versus my mind was always I rally to win. So, yes, I still rally to win, but I, there's times when I'm rallying where I'm training someone in their first rally and that's my role for that event. So I had to change my mentality hugely when I made that step to, hey, Rhiannon, you're going to become a full-time professional co-driver and this is going to be your life versus, you know, you're trying to get to WRC and make it with your brother in the WRC, which in the end, obviously, we didn't quite get there. Uh, and, you know, it's it, it, the, the story, you know, it's, it's it's one of those things where you see, you know, we, we've seen it with Molly as well and, you know, Trevor Agnew, who, who, who does the podcast with us, you know, he's he's worked with Molly as well. And, you know, he's very good at helping people, obviously, with, towards mindset and budgets and things like that. But in order to raise money to rally in Europe when you're in Australia, and Molly talked to us at length about it a couple of years ago, is so difficult. Yeah. So, yeah. so difficult because it's not relevant almost no. to the brands you're trying to get on board in Australia because they may not even be sold or, you know, do business in Europe. So it's almost doubly hard. Yeah, and look, when you think about £100, we're talking about 200 Australian. You know what I mean? Like every time – so the juniors, for example, say in 2012 when we had to raise the budget, so it might have been £120,000 – but we're talking 240,000 Australian. Then you have to get all your flights from Australia to Europe, which each time is at least two grand for Brendo and I. Um, if we don't fly backwards and forwards between, yeah, you save a bit of money, but otherwise you're talking about 12 grand each just in flights. Um, then when you're over here, it's not like you can ever just be staying in your house because you don't have a house in Europe. So, you know, it was just so many things that you're trying to, fight against and that's why like our dad said the sec like Pirelli star driver paid for everything obviously the well virtually everything the first year the second year our dad said guys you know kids this isn't possible there's no way our small family business can do this and that's when I said you know how does the family feel about me starting a Brendan Reeves supporters club we have a huge support here in Australia um you know I've got ideas for doing this and that and whatever and and dad was sort of like, okay, we'll go for it and, and just see, you know, let's, let's see how we go. And, and that year we raised, like I say, 150 grand just from, I think in the end it was like a thousand different people or just over a thousand put in at some point, whether it was an auction item, a bonnet name, a, a supporters club membership, whatever it was. So, you know, we had Bex on our, uh, on our bonnet. We had all types of people on our bonnet at the races helping, um, you know, cause, Brendo and I were the sort of people that we weren't afraid to – we were friends with everyone, you know what I mean? So, you know, we had Julian, uh, you know, Ogier's co-driver, donate a, a suit. That suit raises something like three grand. Uh, Nicholas Thierry's co-driver donated us a suit. Hayden Patton donated us a suit. Yari Maddie's given us boots and gloves. And I can't even tell you how great these guys at the top of sport have been in helping my brother and I achieve what we did in getting to the JWRC in 2020. 
12, let alone, you know, anything else. So I guess that sometimes you have to think outside the box when you come from a country like Australia where we're not in, immersed in everything that's going in the WRC and you have to not be afraid to to know that, you know, sometimes it's challenging and hard, but you can make it happen if you really, really want to. Yeah, no, it's a great story. It's a great story. Well, I, I want to come forward a little bit um, because um, you, you mentioned you did you did BRC that when I came back to do BRC in 2016 as well, uh, and you were kind of I'm guessing by this point you were all over the place because you, you you were sitting in you were doing BRC doing the American Championship, you were still doing stuff with Brendo as well. Uh, I don't even want to guess how many flights you took in, in that year. But what 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 was the uh, what was the, the the draw of doing the British Rally Championship in 2016? Where did where did that come from? I'm guessing it was probably Aaron. It seems like a stupid question when I think about it, but was it the fact obviously you had an Australian coming over to to try and do the BRC? Yeah, so 2016 was an interesting year for us because Alex was um, rallying with Gus Greensmith, so we were actually staying at the Greensmith house, which was lovely of them because it gave us a bit of a ground base to work from. So I actually got contacted by John McCrone to do the Scottish Rally Championship in the R5, which I'd raced John in the juniors, um, so I'd got to know John well there. Um, and John was coming back from the horrific crash he'd had the year before. And so I had um, John was wanting to do that and I had Aaron wanting to do the BRC and then I had some little parts of WRC South America. So I was like, you know what, I can make this work with a combination of, of Scottish and British, um, American, Australian, whatever going on Some. WRC as well. So, yeah, Aaron obviously was a young Australian. He was doing the Vauxhall drive. Um, junior B, um, junior um, BRC was something I'd never done before or any BRC, to be honest. So that was a new challenge and step forward for me. And then obviously the Scottish Championship was, you know, in R5 um, was another great challenge and a step forward. And John's, I think John's a phenomenal driver. So to have that opportunity to work with him in his home country um, was always going to be something that I was really excited about. And their championship was something different for me too. Like they didn't do recce. You just had to turn up. You got the notes. You got a video. So John and I had to do a lot of work on video and, and that stuff before we'd get to the rally because it wasn't like we were getting to work together on recce or something like that. I'd just jump off a plane. You know, I'd, I'd grab my books, we'd go rally, and, and then I'd jump back on a plane sort of thing. So um, we ended up winning a round of the Scottish Rally Championship towards the end of the year, um, the Grampian stages. So, you know, we achieved our goal. And, and then the following year I did a round of the um, – I did G Rally GB with John in the R5, and, and we ended up, I think it was like uh, – something like 10th um, R5 or something, which considering John hadn't rallied in a year and, and we'll, the times were setting and, and, and the times were setting against people who were racing all the time was pretty incredible. So 2016, you know, when I look at it, I won um, rounds of the Australian Rally Championship with Brendo. I won rounds of the New Zealand Championship with Brendo, round of the Scottish Championship with Scott. 2016 was actually quite an important year in my, you know, profile as a co-driver to show that hey you know this girl's racing in australia winning new zealand winning scotland winning so it was a good way to show and she's got what she's else. got she's got phenomenal <laughs> air miles as well she's got phenomenal air miles exactly <laughs> so i was all over the place as you said yeah no it, it's amazing now i know obviously we, we we've spoke to you you're the half alex about obviously the the the, the co-driver school 
um, that you guys have got, which we'll, we'll, we'll do a little bit more on in a second. But, um, is that kind of changed how you go about rallying? You, you alluded to it briefly before. Obviously, there is situations now where you're going with people on the first rallies, whatever it may be, you know, obviously working with, you know, new drivers and stuff. But, you know, I was on GB, was it last year? Uh, I, I didn't do the rally, but I was, I was working on the rally. And I think you was, you were sat with, uh, was it, was it Ryan Booth you sat with last yep. year? Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Um, so again, is that come from the fact now that are you are you an adopted American? Is probably what I'm trying to ask at this point. <laughs> so the when you say about the business, it's actually a good question because what's ended up happening. So we started Oz Rally Pro um, Advanced Rally Training at the end of 2013. I was a school teacher. I was missing my teaching, and I was also finding there was a big hole in in rallying where you know, co-drivers weren't doing the work they needed to be doing, drivers weren't writing good pace notes. And so what that's ended up meaning is we've trained over, I think it's over 240 people now, um, but sometimes people will train with us and then they'll book Alex for a night for rallies. So Ryan Booth was a perfect example of that. He come and trained with us last year. I'm pretty sure it was like June or July. And he was like, hey, I've only done two rallies. I, I want to do more. So Alex did a rally with him. Um, and then I ended up doing five rallies with him and, you know, he was phenomenal for a, a first year driver, you know, at GB by the end of it, we we're only 0.8 a second a kilometer off the juniors on the Sunday. So Ryan's a very talented driver and I, I'm actually pretty proud of the work Alex and I did from getting him from, you know, only two rallies to the work we did as far as, you know, teaching him with his notes and all of those sort of things. You know, when you go to the WRC, as you know, you know, you're out in the middle of nowhere and you need, need to do a front to rear tyre change because, you know, the the fronts are worn more than the rears, especially on the little um, R2 cars. So things like that were great for Ryan to learn because he wouldn't know that in America. You would never do, like, it, it just doesn't happen. So when I say to him, okay, we need to do a front to rear tyre change now, it's like, what? what? You you know, so those sort of things in my mind are part of our Australia Pro training is meaning that we're getting to work with some young up and coming drivers that we're also training and showing them, you know, this is the way things should be done and those sort of things. So that's actually been really cool role in, in, in our business that I've found. Well, it's not just, you know, it's, it shows it's just more than teaching somebody a road book or, or a set of pace notes or, or, or maps, isn't it? It's, it's the bigger picture. It's, it's the mindset of going to do it. Oh, yeah. Hundred percent. Like the or as you know, all the work you do before, you know, the um because the WRC has onboards, like yes, an a, a world rally car is completely different to a, a JWRC little R two. But at the same time, I could say to Ryan, Okay, watch this on board, this is a stage. So he gets familiar with the stage, you know, he feels comfortable with the stage versus, you know, you know, someone who went there and, and they don't have someone beside them like Alex or I that can say, we need to do all this homework, you know. And and that was one thing with Travis that I was getting with Travis Pastrana, who's this huge name, you know, all over the world for many different reasons, not not just rally, obviously. Um, and so at the end of the day, the amount of work I, I made the poor guy do and, and, and work on his notes and work on these things we need to be doing, he was just blown away. He's like, I've never seen anything like this. I didn't even know half of these things you're telling me 
was possible. So, you know, it's not only people like Ryan Booth who was starting his career, it's people like Travis Pastrana who I think from memory he was doing a G-way for the 14th time and all of a sudden he gets this little Aussie in the car that, that lives in America that's virtually saying to him, okay, we need to change this, we need to do this, we need to do that. And and I think he was like, man, she's putting me to work. And I was like, well, <laughs> we want to win. So, you know, this is the way it is. Yeah. Oh, it's great. It's, it, it's fantastic. And as I say, I think there's, there's so much, you know, I can remember when I started rallying and I had nowhere to go and it was pre-internet. God, it was pre-color photographs. <laughs> so, but, you know, I feel really old. Um, but I, I didn't know where to go. And, you know, I ended up latching onto a rally school and, and literally I probably, I was the biggest pain in the arse for a year where I just turned up every weekend, whether they wanted me or not. And that's how I learned. How, and I'd go out because they had, a, they also had a team as well. So I'd go out with the team and just hang around and just to kind of understand. And that was, I did a year of that before I even got in a rally car. Um, just to understand what I got. Well, I knew I wanted to do it, but I didn't know how I was going to do it and I didn't know how it worked. And I, I guess, I hope there's still people out there like that. And, but what I'm hoping, obviously, what you guys are doing, especially stateside, is, is that you haven't got a lot of people like me wandering around how to do it is the main thing. <laughs> So there you, go. there you go. I think at the end of the day, the coolest thing for me is it's actually, I think our business has progressed rallying in America. So when I first come over to race here in 2013, one pass recce, Jemba supplied notes. So Brenda and I had to write our own notes on one pass, watch videos for a second pass. Now in America, we're at a stage because we've trained so many people and they're all like, we want to write our own notes. We want two pass recce, you know. All of these things that obviously we do in the WRC and, and, and we do in lots of national championships, America has now moved that way. And, and I truly think that Alex and I are training so many people and pushing for this progression in the sport to where, hey, if we ever want an American to make it to the, the WRC truly, we need to be giving them the best opportunities. And that starts from here with them writing their own notes, getting to pass recce, getting an idea of what it's like when you get to do rally GB sort of thing and, and you're thrown into two days of recce and, and three or four days of racing sort of thing versus, oh, I'm handed notes that, oh, yeah, they're fine, I'm happy with them, you know. Um, so it's it's just been a huge progression in the last, you know, six, seven years over here That's that's meaning that hopefully at some point, you know, you'll get some people like Ryan Booth that jump in and go and have a go and, and they set good times and, and, and they can enjoy himself at WRC level as well. Fantastic, fantastic. Listen, I, I, I realised we were only going to do five minutes. Um, and, Sorry. And, and, no, 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 it's me. That's me. I, I always say I, I'm not a journalist. I'm just, I'm, just, I'm just a nosy rally person. That's probably yeah. the best way to describe me. So <laughs> it, it goes off in all kinds of directions. But... Um, the rest of the year, uh, I know it's it's sketchy for everybody. There's, uh, I think you're back out with Travis. Um, if if obviously fingers crossed, the event runs. Yeah, so it, it's looking really good to run that event. So that's good. It's in like three and a half weeks, four weeks, okay. and then I'll have another race with him about four weeks after that. Both of those are looking good at the moment. Um, I've also got a tarmac rally in an R5 in a week and a half, and then I've got another rally in an R2 and. I've got things all over the place. So as long as they keep happening, that's good because my year went from, you know, four months and nothing to all of a sudden I've already done, you know, I've worked with six drivers, five different rallies because one was just testing and, and it's looking that I still might get, you know, 10, 11 rallies under my belt this year versus I was worried I was going to get none for a while. So, you know, we're making the most of it over here. Events are doing a really good job and 
hopefully I'll get the rest of those rallies planned for the rest of the season and, and we can finish with a good result. Brilliant. Brilliant. Listen, thank you so much for uh, giving us your time and, and having a chat with us today. Really do appreciate it. Thank you very much for having me on the show. Uh, there you go folks that has been the podcast for this week I hope you've enjoyed it you know where we live of course it's absolute underscore rally on twitter facebook.com forward slash absolute rally or you can drop us an email by all means studio at absolute rally.co.uk but we'll be back same time same place in your podcast hole next week absolute rally powered by the Kielder Works team spread the word and download the podcast every week